0: This is episode number 107 of the Reno Slants. I hope you guys are ready because it looks like we're gonna start having some live team sports within about a month.
1: Touchdown. Welcome to the Reno Slants, the weekly Nevada sports podcast. Unbelievable. <laughs> Home to an award-winning sports writer, his Nevada alum brother, exclusive interviews, and occasionally aggressive banter about Nevada football, <laughs> Nevada basketball, and pretty much everything else in Nevada. Well, everything except the departure of a certain basketball coach. We don't talk about that. Here are your bro hosts, Adam and Nathan Schaub.
0: On this week's episode of The Reno Slants. We are now up to weekly yearbook number 13. The NBA is back, sort of. Pro Dudes is back, sort of. The American Century Championship is back, sort of. There's a lot of sort of going on right now. Then Adam, of course, looks for some good news. Our guest this week is Reno 1868 FC General Manager Doug Raftery. On Thursday, the USL Board of Governors voted for a provisional return to play on July 11th. We talked to Doug about whether or not he was concerned the season might not continue. And if so, how recently was he concerned that there might not be a season uh, this summer? Whether it be fans at games. And what happens if someone tests positive? What if someone on Reno 1868 or, or one of the coaches tests positive, got a little bit into the logistics, and it'll make your head spin and make you glad that you're not a sports league, a general manager, a coach, trying to figure out how to st- restart a league in the middle of a global pandemic a lot of problems they got to work through here or questions i should say for slants we're gonna keep it rolling weekend plans social got a lot of questions from you guys as we picked it back up this week and then we'll get out of here like every week with random reno before we do you guys are awesome we need to thank you all of you especially those of you who are listening right now who continue to support this podcast you are all helping us get closer to our goal of 1,000 downloads per week. We did 493 downloads last week, so just short of 500. If you are not already, please make sure that you are not only subscribed, but that you are following us on social media. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. We're at The Reno Slant. You can check us out online at therenoslant.com. I wrote a blog post about the NBA's announcement that they are going to try to return. Later next month, Adam wrote a blog post because he finally manned up and paid the pay-per-view and launched UFC on Saturday. And if you really want to help us grow, really want to help us get closer to that 1,000 downloads per week number, please tell a Nevada friend of yours who enjoys podcasts, who isn't listening to this podcast yet to check it out. Or if you have a Nevada, uh, friend of yours who isn't listening to this, doesn't know much about podcasts, we would be happy to take their podcast virginity. We'd be happy to be, be the first podcast. Welcome them <laughs> to the space. Our iTunes five star review of the week is brought to you by Toyabi Golf Club, and we are back in the gulag. We did not get a review this week. I put out feeler on Twitter today, hoping to get one at the buzzer. Did not get one. That means the spot is wide open next week. If you want to go to hit, go hit Toyabi for free with a friend, if you hit up a, a weekend tea time, that's a one hundred thirty five dollar value. All you need to do is hop on over to our iTunes landing page, leave us a quick iTunes five-star review, and maybe we'll pick your review for next week's show, and we'll send you the two free rounds. Uh, another way you can find it, therenoslant.com backslash iTunes. Therenoslant.com backslash iTunes. Twiabi Golf Club is a super quick drive down 395 south from Reno in Washoe Valley. It was acquired by Duncan Golf Management last year, and Duncan Golf Management is offering the single best membership deal in all of northern Nevada. How many courses, Adam? Five. Um, Do you not listen when I go through these reads? Uh, I kind of tune out for the most part. It is four courses. Five if you want it. For as little as how much a month? Uh, $50. This is terrible. $50 a month. Yeah, that'd be great. $300 (laughs) a month. The courses are Lakeridge, Wolf Run, and Dayton Valley in addition to Toyabi. Lakeridge, Wolf Run, Dayton Valley, Toyabi. If you want to book a tee time or pick up more information about the membership deal, visit dunkingolferino.com today. Again, that's dunkingolferino.com. Second and final read before we get into weekly yearbook number 13. It's been a while since I've had a burger, which means... If I was in Reno right now, I'd be hitting up Archie's, the single best burger in northern Nevada, as voted by the Nevada magazine. Archie's has been serving the community for going on 26 years strong now. They source local. They support local. They are open now you can go upstairs, you can go downstairs, enjoy the scenery and if you're trying to help us support if you're trying to help support a local business, you're not having to pay one of the partners that big delivery fee. So go stop by Archie's, go tell them that Nathan Adams sent you. I don't know what it'll do for you, but you can say it. You can you can give it a shot and see where that gets you. They're offering happy hour every day from 4 to 6. You can fill up a growler for 8 bucks. $8 to fill up a growler. That is a deal. Visit Archie's Reno.com today or call in at 322-9595. Again, that's archiesreno.com, or call in your order at 322-9595. Weekly yearbook number 13. The train keeps on moving.
1: I'm rattled right now after that ad. It's been a while. It's been a while since you've uh, flipped the old ad question on me. I remember you used to do it back with the tipsy elves back in the day yeah i'm gonna start tuning in more now <laughs> i can't believe that you didn't know
0: either of those how many courses were <laughs> the price
1: it's pretty bad honestly like the majority of the time i just mute the mic here and i'm like trying to do stuff like dick around on my screen to try and get you to laugh or mess up but yep. um yeah i was kind of zoned out there for a hot second and paid the ultimate price
0: Yeah, you guys obviously can't see but adam truly makes faces at me the whole time When I go through reads and now I have to go to Duncan golf at some point and try to convince them to stay on as a partner and they're going to say, how are your listeners listening to the read? If your co-host isn't even listening to the read, what type of engagement are we getting there?
1: Well, I'm a special breed, you know, I'm not the average listener. I'm the guy, one of the guys talking and obviously the lesser intelligent one.
0: (laughs) And that is a fact. Well, actually, we'll hand it over to you. Uh, I started weekly your book, number 12, last week. Certainly a different show last week. Uh, Mm -hmm. But what was your your first big takeaway from the past week here? Well, let's see. I'll start with UFC.
1: Um, That was... I can't remember the last time I had watched a UFC bout, match, fight. Card. 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 There it is. A card. An entire card by myself. Um, Actually hand up. Isadora was next to me. So she, that was probably her first time as well. However, I have, you know, been done it socially with friends or whatever, but I've never really like been by myself and done it. Uh, however, I thought it was pretty awesome. Even without the fans, I thought it would have been a little weird. Um, sometimes it was, in my opinion, I don't know if awkward is the way to put it, but it just seemed kind of funky when like the announcers screaming the names and nobody's really cheering and stuff. At first, it, that took me a little bit to get used to, like when he's pumping them up and I'm like, I get the aspect and the effects for it. Um, yeah. But I thought it was pretty cool. Like one, you could hear all the coaches yelling. It's hard to understand them, but like yeah. you could help you could at least get some point of them trying to coach and trying to You could get a little more feel for what really goes on inside the octagon. Right. Um, but on top of that, just some awesome fights. The one where Cody Garbrandt knocked out, um, isn't that his name? Cody Garbrandt. I think that's his name where he I knocked out. No, nah, I think it is. I'm going to go with it. But anyways, when he knocked out that Rafael a guy right before the, the buzzer went off, yeah. Sean O'Malley, the rainbow haired guy just clocks the dude, not knocks him out. So there was those. I mean, as a casual I'll and casual I'll use that lightly very casual UFC fan um if I'm going to watch I'm going to watch for the knockouts and yeah they they pulled through I thought it was great what made you want to pony up
0: and pay for that one well <clears throat> so cuz pay, cuz paying for it by yourself on pay-per-view is a is a power move no it was if I'm going to pay pay-per-view I'm going to make sure there's other people there and we're splitting it So ultimately what had
1: happened is this goes back a little prior. I was at Publix two for one deal this week. Side note, Sierra Nevadas, awesome. So I maybe had had a couple Sierra Nevadas and then I was looking at ESPN plus out of curiosity and they had a nice deal, get the annual pass for 50 bucks. Oh, buy the card tonight. It's only 34 instead of 65 or whatever the hell it was. So they, they hook line and sinkered me there. That's how it was. I saw it, had a couple beers in, they knew where they were going and, uh, they got me.
0: The couple beers part is important because we all know that after a couple beers, the value the value of money decreases. Ah, it's just forty bucks. Eh, it's just sixty yeah. bucks. Whatever. That's that's literally what it was. I was like, bye bye allowance. See you never. <laughs> My first one, ju- just to uh comment on last week's show, how, how different it, it was that Adam and I spoke to. The, the racial tension in our country and inequality obviously very different show, very different feel from what we want to do with this podcast. Typically, we want this to be a distraction. We want this to be a fun a fun you know experience for, for everyone you know us recording it you guys all, all listening it or listening to it And wanted to say thank you to so many of you who reached out uh, over the, over the course of the last week, heard from so many people. Last week, we hear usually from, you know, I'd say a handful on a given week about a certain episode, probably heard from around 15 to 20 people this week, whether it was over email, direct messages on Twitter, Instagram, text messages. You know, I I heard from friends and family who I have never discussed race with. I heard from regular listeners. I heard from previous guests. I heard from people who had apparently never listened to the show before and somehow stumbled uh, stumbled upon it. It was a huge leap out of you know what we're comfortable talking about on, on the show, and the reception was really awesome. Uh, so thank you to all of you who who reached out and shared your thoughts. I know I'm speaking for Adam a little bit here, but that meant a lot to to both of us. Mm-hmm. Um, just because that was so foreign to us. I mean, hand up, I was a little bit nervous pushing not only the record button last week, but pushing the publish button last week. So for those of you who reached out seriously, thank you. Uh, that that meant a lot to us, and not that this whole conversation we're having as, as a country is about us even a little bit. We've we, we've been naive about a lot, but we're not not that naive. Uh, just know that all of you who reached out or or just listened, uh, we appreciate you. Thank you.
1: No, oh, definitely, one hundred percent. You can definitely say you were speaking for me there. Um, well, I guess I'll follow that up with the good news of the week coming live ish from goodnewsnetwork.org um coronavirus related just pounded on it what's that what's the news or what's the coronavirus What's coronavirus i mean people are quickly forgetting uh i've been hounded on it i ended last week's show with a random reno with some coronavirus information now i guess i'll it's only fitting that i somewhat started with this but according to the imperial study whatever that is I've got a hyperlink, but I was too lazy to click it. European lockdowns helped to prevent more than 3.1 million deaths. The Berkeley study, so I guess it's a mm-hmm. Bay Area place, Imperial coming from the Bay Area, which examined infection rates and lockdown measures in China, South Korea, Italy, Iran, France, and the U.S. found that local and national interventions prevented more than 530 million cases. Both of these studies... Both of these studies were published in nature, whatever that is, Uh, regardless of your opinion on the coronavirus, the lethality, lethalness, however, mortality rate, mortality, fatality, mortality rate. We'll go with that. Uh, I saw a big number and I thought that was good news. So prevented a big number from happening, regardless if that big number was going to happen or not. We're going to say it was going to happen. Right, Nathan? Sure. Sure. There we go,
0: there we go, guys. Finally, he believes. That's why epidemiologists have the hardest, most difficult, or the most difficult job, I should oh, say. D- you know, they say this is out there. We need to take these precautions. Then people take the precautions. Then the results aren't as devastating as originally predicted. And then everyone goes, "Look, epidemiology." Epidemio-. Here it is. Smart, smart people. You were, you were wrong. And so that's why it's a, it's a tough spot for them and it is difficult in the situation we're in to hear that number and say and say oh yeah of course that makes sense
1: yeah no i mean no, my,
0: my first reaction is really yeah but who, like, who am i to say nope you're wrong
1: yeah i mean that's the that's the the flip side of it like we did do it ultimately we did do these huge lockdowns and stuff and like in an alternate universe would it be i mean interesting is not the right word, but like what would have happened if nothing locked down, like would it have really gotten that bad and stuff? So obviously there's right. going to be, you know, the the other other side of the coin, but um, yeah. yeah, no, I just thought it was good. It was like, man, you know what, regardless of that was going to happen or not, at one point, somebody thought that that was feasible. Um,
0: yeah. Which is frightening. Yeah. My second point, here comes the NBA ish. Uh, we talked about this a little bit last week became official ish. On Thursday, the league's going to make a go at returning July 31st in Orlando. 22 teams fighting for 16 playoff spots. Each team is going to have eight regular season games left for seeding purposes. Then it's going to be kind of a standard playoff format played in a bubble, essentially at Disney World. Uh, There's going to be several games a day. It's going to be like a tournament format. No fans in the stands. And next season, because this has been pushed back so far, we're still... Basically, two months from that, next season is is going to start December first. My guess was mm-hmm. Christmas about a month ago. Most close, yeah. close. Here's my question: Is the NBA waiting too long? This is what I wrote about in my blog uh, over the weekend, therenoslant.com Go check it out. That's two months from the announcement. The other, you know, the other day on Thursday, uh, essentially. There have been 10 teams in the NBA who've been hosting voluntary workouts since the middle of May. Mm-hmm. That's quite some time. It's weird to ask that during a global pandemic, but there it is. There's I need a longer list before my capital B, but yep. this thing has is already below pandemic levels, according to the CDC. You have to figure or believe it's going to be even lower on July 31st. Now there are some states who are starting to have an increase in confirmed cases as things start to open back up. Is that an increase in confirmed cases among total tests given is an increase in hospitalizations. That's a more scientific question, Uh, but from a health perspective, even if you start later, that means you're going to finish the season later, October 12th at the latest competing with a bunch of stuff in in the fall. And that puts the NBA even closer to this predicted and feared second wave that they're anticipating in the fall or that some are predicting. And from a financial perspective, they're missing a huge opportunity to own the month of July. Own it. We're going to talk about this with Doug Raftery here in a few minutes, uh, but who knows what the hell is going on with baseball right now. It seems unlikely there will be baseball in, the, in July. I don't know at this point. Rob Manfred, I guess, said today there's going to be baseball. The only question is how many games are going to be played. There might be some 30-game season sprint to the finish. Almost everyone gets in the playoffs. Who knows what this thing is going to look like from a baseball uh, perspective. But the NBA could have owned the the entire month. And there's a lot of numbers that you, that suggest there is built-up demand for live sports.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That's something I wrote about. The Tiger... Peyton Manning, Phil Mickelson, Tom Brady golf match was the most watched golf event in cable history. Are you kidding me? That's how badly we need live sports. Obviously, there's some real star power in, in that golf match. It just speaks to the void that is going on right now, and the NBA had a chance to capitalize and is missing the boat. Plus, it's going to compete head-to-head, likely, with football in the fall. NFL and college in the middle of the finals Good luck. is when is when college football uh, will really be ramping up we know health and safety is a priority but do we know that starting in july on july 31 and ending in october is safer i don't know i'm sure that was something that they discussed i just feel like this makes adam silver look a little bit weak like the players kind of walked all over him said we need we need this much time to get ready. And now there's reports that were coming out today that there might be some language in this agreement the players and the league are putting together where players can decide just to sit this out, not Ooh. go and they wouldn't get paid, but they wouldn't be penalized either. Really? I and didn't know that, that. That would make Adam Silver look real weak yeah. through all through all of this. If their players say, nope, we're not going to go finish finish the season. Yes, I know very unique circumstances right now we're starting to learn more about the coronavirus and, and what it means and the nba is waiting two more months they might not have all the players if they do have all the, regardless they're gonna be finishing in the middle of football Ugh. not a good spot for the nba right now well if they
1: do it like that locked in have multiple games a day or whatnot. I'd be curious to see what work productivity is going to be. It's going to be like beginning of March Madness. You got everybody working from home. You throw five or six basketball games on a day. I can guarantee you, less stuff is going to be getting done in the offer. I get hundred from home. Hundred percent productivity is going to take a dive. It's it's going to be like what is what is that when you have to when you watch the games on like True TV and it has like the boss button or whatever. The boss button. Yeah. You're just going to you're just gonna have to do it for your spouse or significant other
0: in the house. No, 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 I'm working. No. <laughs> That's what the NBA should do. They should get get True TV involved and make it look like the NCAA tournament. I mean, we if did, we didn't get the NCAA, this is a good idea. That's what I'm saying. People
1: are itching; they need it,
0: and it's
1: gonna be end. It's gonna. I mean, the, the end of it. The end of it's gonna be dicey how they do it. But man, if I was them, I'd try and find some way to incorporate it because people need it. Yeah. Uh, well, I was going to talk a little bit about baseball as well. I was going to try and stay up to date, sports related, you know, not talking about something random, but you had to go and steal my thunder. Manfred, though, I will capitalize. I will add a little bit to it. He says he's 100% sure there will be baseball. Um, I don't know how he's 100% positive there's going to be baseball. It sounds like
0: from- it's a lot of negotiating through the media this is how yeah. this thing's they're basically trying to negotiate a cba on the fly so you're the players saying things to the media you have the ownership owners in the league saying things to the media to try mm. to generate some leverage
1: well yeah because i mean like from everything i've heard and i don't know if you, uh, it was probably about a month ago now blake snell when he was on that on the twitch stream and he was basically just saying f this f that like we're not playing yeah. for the for these like uh whatever these proposals they were bringing so Manfred coming out a little on the other side. I don't know exactly how he's going to do that. Um, But since I won't get too deep on the baseball, then did you see the size of Michael Jordan's fish? Of Michael Jordan's fish that he caught this weekend. Michael Jordan was involved in a huge fishing tournament off the coast of North Carolina.
0: I, I don't follow Michael Jordan's fishing accomplishments very closely.
1: Well, it was on ESPN. There's not a whole lot. It was headline news. So apparently you haven't been on the ESPN's
0: website either. When is the, oh, no. I can't tell. last time I visited ESPN.com. Or watch SportsCenter for that. I mean, I love Scott Van Pelt. I've just been. It's like there's
1: nothing going on. What am I going to watch? You're going to go on ESPN and see what you can find. And that's what I found. And Michael Jordan caught a 442-pound Marla. What? Yeah. Now look at me with baffled eyes, Mr. Oh, I don't look at ESPN.com. 442 pounds. The thing was a whale. How do you get that out of the water? I have no idea. Apparently, I did not watch how they caught it, but it looked like they had to have a fleet of men pulling this thing up. Like they had the thing hoisted up. Like, you know, when you catch these the huge trophy fish and it's hanging up yeah. by the string or whatever. Yeah. And in the background, it's just
0: Michael Jordan in the background, sunglasses, smoking a cigar. Just classic. You need to have essentially a crane on the boat to pull that thing out of the water. 422 pounds?
1: 442 pounds.
0: 442 pounds. It Good is off Lord. the coast
1: of North Carolina. Question one. How far off the coast were they going where there's a 442 pound
0: marlin? Like that how, how much do you think that like the financial value on a fish like that? Well, I know
1: at Sprouts salmon was 999 a pound. I know obviously I think it's gonna be more than what do you what do you want to do for the pound rate? 1299? Jack it up a
0: little for, bit. For Marlin. It's probably freaking ridiculously expensive. Fifteen ninety nine. It does seem a little bit more rare. Yeah. I'd I'll say like I'm gonna sound like an idiot. Watch it be something along the lines of $3.99. <laughs> the most I'll, basic I'll, go, fish I'll go $18.99 a pound. Keep keep in mind, obviously they're not they're not eating every single pound of this thing.
1: So what do you say? What do you want to say? Let's say let's just shave it down to let's say $375. Let's say 75 pounds of that is. Horn poker thing it's got and just me- poker crap.
0: thing and Scott,
1: yeah.
0: I bet you it's less than that that you can eat. E- anyway, look look up what marlin costs per pound.
1: Well, I was gonna say, okay, let me find out what this thing fresh marlin price. This is beautiful. Podcast, this is great radio.
0: <laughs> I'll I'll do the For- third. Po- I'll do the third point and you you keep looking. Okay, keep going. Uh the NBA is not the only league on its way back especially not locally even, here comes the USL. I mentioned at the very top that the USL Board of Governors voted on Thursday to approve a prospective return to play on July 11. That means Pro Dudes are back on episode 111. We'll be previewing the the next game. The schedule is not out yet. That's something we'll talk with Doug about here momentarily we'll see if they can actually get there right there's a number of hurdles they still have to clear to get to a point where they're still playing games but the fact that they're making the move that they're planning to play they're committing to it is exciting and also on Thursday the American Century Championship announced that it is a go celebrity golf tournament up at Edgewood is going to happen July 8 through 12 the asterisk with this is that there are going to be no fans which will certainly be a unique angle for this thing because a huge selling point of that tournament and of that event is the interaction with the fans. I, I read a couple of things. Obviously, there's no way they can prevent boats from pulling up on 17. They are going to disallow, I guess, or I guess players from throwing footballs or basketballs or whatever to the players. So I don't know how you enforce that. You just have like a safety, I guess, on the T box waiting for the football, mm-hmm. wait, waiting for someone to... Throw a lob over the top. Just going to lay someone hire, out, just, I
1: guess. You just got to hire a fleet of mall cops. Just stand there.
0: Fleet's your word this week. You've used that a couple times. And you know,
1: sometimes I look up a word and I just got to get a hammer at
0: home and make sure you don't forget it. <laughs> it's, it is already. So our conversation with Doug was on Monday, and we'll talk about this. The USL is kind of flexing on the NBA. And you guys are waiting until July 31. We're going July 11, and we're traveling commercially. Then, the MLS comes out, I think yesterday, with a prospective return date of July 8. (laughs) Of course they did. At first, these sports leagues, it was who can shut
1: down the fastest. Now, it's who's going to edge out to the earliest day in
0: July. July (laughs) 1, that's the golden day. Who's going to steal it? (laughs) I know. Well, I I was going to say, you know, now I feel like the USL has to counter. All right, you're going to beat us out by four days? All right, we're countering with July seven. Yeah, exactly. That's all it's gonna be. One it's day each. It's just pandemic chicken. Who's yeah. gonna be the Who's gonna be the first one to come out? And if we can keep this up, we might have sports by next week. It's gonna be It's gonna be a whole bunch
1: of our PR guy messed up, and they're gonna keep changing the date. <laughs> PR guy is no longer with us. We meant to say the seventh. Oh, we meant to say the sixth. <laughs> it was a typo. It was yeah, a typo. Exa- exactly. T- we were hacked. Were ducks. We
0: were hacked.
1: So I looked it up. Okay. There was a an article written about a five hundred pound Marlin that was caught. The International Game Fishing Association said that five hundred pound Marlin would was worth roughly ten thousand dollars. Holy cow. That's
0: a lot of fish. A lot of dough. So Michael Jordan's was four twenty two. This one was five hundred. Close to eighty percent of that, not a math podcast, but that would be close to eight thousand dollars. Yeah, somewhere in there. That was really good math on the fly. I mean, that was impressive math. Actually, a little bit north of eight thousand dollars. Some of our better,
1: some of your better math you've done.
0: I'm sure I was wrong in some capacity. Someone, will t- someone will text me tonight being like, "You got the math wrong."
1: Oh, it definitely wasn't right. It's eighty-eight percent, closer to ninety percent. Idiot. 440,
0: no. 442 divided
1: by five hundred, right? Eighty-eight point eight eight four. Damn it. 442 or you could just oh, closer to closer, to closer to nine thousand dollars
0: man just really shortened michael jordan out he's gonna be pissed we got to live up to our name though as, as not being a math podcast we were i was confident in that math and you know, at least you at least you corrected me so i could address i can't tell you how many times people are listening uh will enjoy this someone will text me wednesday night and i'll have some stat wrong or some name wrong and it's awful it's
1: like too bad going out <laughs> <laughs> it's, out, it's out there in the world we're not taking it back
0: <laughs> and weekly yearbook number 13 is now out in the world we'll t- we'll wrap this up here we got us all 30 minutes around this weekly yearbook here appreciate you all uh for sticking through that with us we'll kick it now to our conversation with reno 1868 fc general manager doug raftery really good stuff from doug and uh here's that conversation Doug, we really appreciate you uh, making the time. We're excited to have you on the podcast.
2: Yeah, thanks for having me on. I was just mentioning to you, I'm a, I'm a pretty frequent listener and uh, glad my to man. be on for the first time.
0: My man. <laughs> All right, we have you on this week because there was some fairly exciting news on Thursday, and we'll get to that. Um, but I'd be doing it a disservice if I didn't start with my become obligatory opening question in the wake of coronavirus, asking pretty much everyone, which you may know, what you've been watching on Netflix, even as things start to open up a little bit here. So have you been watching any Netflix? And if so, what have you been watching?
2: I have watched Netflix. Um, I watched Ozark, I think like everybody else yep, and fell in love with it. I forced my parents to watch it who are out in the East coast and it took them about two months to, uh, to watch it. And then they binge watched it for in about uh, a little more than 72 hours. So they uh, they fell in love with it and um There was a, I can't remember the exact name, but it was a, it was a football, um, a documentary following high school players going, um, to the college ranks. Um, Jake Fromm was one of the major guys who they followed from high school and his commitments and stuff like that. So, uh, Justin Fields was another, um, so I can't recall the name, but those are the two, but I gotta be honest. I actually just canceled my membership because things are about to get pretty real, um, in in eighteen sixty eight land. So
0: that's a huge move canceling the Netflix subscription.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I actually never had it prior to the okay. pandemic. And uh what else was there to do? So I jumped on sure. the bandwagon and I'm jumping right back off.
0: <laughs> right back off. It's probably better for your productivity sake. <laughs> getting rid of 100%. that My, mine was uh getting the Xbox when this started and now the pandemic's starting to well at least the restrictions are starting to loosen a little bit and I'm finding myself playing more and more. So I think I'm in trouble.
2: Yeah, I'd say so. It becomes addictive, right? It does. It
0: does. I'd All say right.
2: my, my, my one tip by the way for Xbox is just don't buy new games. Like for example, FIFA 17 is the last yep. FIFA that I have. And I just okay. don't want to play it because I, you know, a quarter of the guys I don't recognize. They're not playing sure. anymore.
0: Yeah, my concern is I, I've told myself I'm not going to buy any more games. I have one game; it's Call of Duty. So I play Warzone, and I've told myself I don't even think I'd want to play another game because I'm full blown addicted. It's the only thing I want to play ever. So I don't I don't, I don't know if that's going to help me or not. Good luck. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm probably going to need it. Okay, let's take let's talk a little soccer here. Uh, USL Board of Governors voted on Thursday for a provisional return to play on July 11th, which I'm sure for you is a massive relief. For a lot of us, it is. We get to bring the pro dude slant back. We're excited about that. Um, But just for you, I mean, there were times when the news got so bleak over the course of the last couple of months. And was there ever a time where you thought, man, we might not get to play soccer this summer?
2: There was. And I would say it was as recently as two weeks ago. There's been a lot of conversations from the league level that uh you know the biggest challenge that will continue to exist and that has existed is that there are 35 teams in usl championship and you know and call it 20 something markets across the country each of which is in a different state that has different limitations capacity um, Mm -hmm. training abilities etc so that has been a, a major point of concern and I think you know uh, what, what the board of governors voted on, and, and each club has a vote. So Reno had a vote in the board of governors. Was was basically we needed to take that step to saying we we are we want to come back. Mm-hmm. Here is a date that we think we we may be able to come back. Right. Understanding that there are still things um, in front of us that we've got to tackle, including a length of season, um, yep. how long it goes in terms of number of games as well as how late into the year, um, right. which we can dive into a little bit more. Yep. And, uh, and of course, just capacity challenges potentially for some markets more so than others. And that's the mm-hmm. major financial challenge.
0: No question. Yeah, I do wanna ask if you've been, I mean, I'm sure these questions are being discussed every single day, if you're getting any more clarity as yes, to some logistics, and we can get to that here in a moment. But I did wanna point out, there are some other sporting news last week regarding team sports with the NBA saying they're hoping to come back July 31 and they're playing in a bubble. So to me, it looks like the USL is flexing on the NBA.
2: (laughs) I I would say, um, it's, it's definitely part of, uh, you know, it's, it it is uh, no joke. This, this is part of the USL's um, want to get back is, is being out there expanding the brand and how can you get ahead and say, um, again, safely, make sure it's healthy, that this is the first professional sport to return Mm -hmm. into home markets while commercially traveling, potentially. Yeah. Um, I think it's a huge step for sports. And uh, and again, right, MLS, NBA, MLB doesn't really seem like MLB will be traveling commercially. So it would be the first of its kind to, to do that.
0: Yeah, I mean, and you guys, if, if you could get going July 11th, through, you know, three three weeks of runway where you will really be the only show as far as, as, far as team sports are going, are concerned.
2: Yeah, and we, we noticed that. Um, we've already <laughs> talked about, you know, if, if, if obviously we're, we're able to safely host people, what yep. their messaging is like um, out in the community. It's the only game in town, right? Let alone throughout, you know, there will be attention on, on the USL, certainly in the country, but potentially in the world. Yep. As well. Um, it'll be interesting to see, right? The the uh the betting, um yep. how that occurs and and that'll just heighten the awareness of the league. Yeah.
0: I'm sure Adam will will pay attention to that. Might have to make that a thing for a little bit this summer, <laughs> betting angle for USL. Um all right, so you mentioned logistics a little bit. I know uh, on Thursday you went on NSN and talked about you know, it was one of the things that are gonna start getting sorted out, and probably it's something that's being discussed every single day. I mean are you getting any sort of clarity or idea as to what this thing's going to look like in terms of number of games or when the season's going to end planning for a potential second wave of this thing? I mean, where is that kind of at right now?
2: Yeah, there's a lot of things that are being talked about. I think, right. It's most, one of the more frustrating things is that there it's, it's hard to make decisions, but you really have yep. to take calculated risks in your decisions unless you're never yep. going to play. Yep. So uh, that's all about, you know, how, how comfortable the, the, you know, each, each club will be in uh, moving forward. So, so the answer is yes. You know, the short answer of, um, you know, length of season has definitely been talked about. I would say um, it's down to a 16 game model, total games, eight Mm -hmm. games at home and a 24 game model um, with 12 at home. I will say that the league has requested an answer about if you as a club would be open to a balanced or an unbalanced schedule. And if you are open to an unbalanced schedule, meaning, playing more games at home or vice versa on the road. Um, What should the compensation package look for or look like for the club who, you know, kind of gets the short end of the stick, if you will, of not being able to host events at home just because of their market. Um, You know, we, uh, we, we, we've had a lot of conversations uh, locally and, and we've had a couple with the governor's office in particular. Um, I don't want to say it hasn't gone anywhere, but, it's sort of the answer that me and you could give each other. It's just such an unknown that, tough, of course, yeah. and I understand from, from their point of view that they don't want to get ahead of it. They don't want to say something that, you know, it could backtrack. And, uh, you know, sure. we put something out there and then, um, you know, our, our, our fans and fan base yeah. community is upset. So I think, you know, we're, we're, we're you know, um, we're being cautionary about, about everything. and of um, But I will say, like, you know, a majority of the teams, in the usl are leaning um it seems like to a 16 game season and a majority mm-hmm. of them are looking for uh we'll call it a mid-september ish or so and to the, to okay. the regular season yeah. uh, there are some clubs who are trying to still push for a longer season into mid-november um which would eclipse past the normal regular season right um, but but you can pretty much see what states are and what clubs in which states are pushing for that. They're just open a little bit more and yeah um unlike Nevada currently.
0: <laughs> I, I can't even imagine how difficult those conversations are with the different states. And even I mean you'd be seeing this and how coronavirus has been handled from the federal to the state to the local uh restrictions and guidelines and recommendations that are put in place. Uh just so many cooks in the kitchen. Um, which kind of leads to what I wanted to ask you next is is who ultimately is going to make the decision on whether or not you're going to be able to have butts in the stands watching you?
2: Yeah, it'll start with the governor's office, so it's going to start with the state. Yeah, and uh, we are working in tandem with uh, the folks down south, if you will, in you know putting together a plan that the states can agree with, uh, because yeah. in the end, stadiums are stadiums. Yeah. And uh, they've got a couple of them, a few of them down there. So um, we, we are working on what a proposal may look like. Um, we're we're sort of undecided on, do you do just one proposal? You know, do you try to hit the home run? Right. Or do you look at, do you submit various proposals? You know, a 1,000, a 1,500, a 2,000 capacity. And as those decisions are made from the state level, uh we can just press the go button you know depending on what model fits in 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 the state's phase so we actually we we have not submitted anything um quite yet but we are actively working through that and understanding how that proposal looks from uh you know seating structure um the different social distances the interaction in bathrooms concessions and food service ingress and egress are big things in particular so um, there are a lot of documents out there from a lot of other leagues and, and teams that we've gotten that, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we'll be able to, to to pretty much pick apart and make Reno's own thing that fits for right. our facility.
0: Right. And this might make me sound like a dunce. So pardon me, but they're playing they're playing soccer in Europe right now in Germany, I believe. And I, I don't know if there's any other leagues, yeah. but, but they're playing it. They're traveling, aren't they? Or are they doing it in a bubble setting?
2: Yeah. They are traveling. Um, I don't believe they're, they're traveling, um, you know, commercially. Okay. Um, but, uh, you know, they, they are, they are traveling, but that's right. the thing. If you're able to limit whether it's bus travel or if it's private air travel, mm-hmm. that's a whole different story. Uh, um, recycled air on a, uh, a normal plane with normal folks. Yeah. Um, so that they're, they're in life a yeah. big issue and, uh, yeah. but there will be, you know, the USL, there will be a, Uh, a decrease in the amount of travel. There will be divisions. Uh, Two conferences will not exist. There will be divisions, um, sort of a a Northwest, we'll call it, and a Southwest, you know, for the Western region that, uh, you know, they have proposed to us. And, uh, you know, you would play the teams up by you. So probably for us, um, it would be Sacramento, certainly. And then uh, Tacoma and Portland Mm -hmm. would be the clubs that we would play more often than not. You know, whether we would bust uh, Tacoma and Portland in particular, I don't know. But yep. uh, that, those are the little details that the league's working through.
0: Makes sense. Makes total sense. Um, you know, talking about your guys' roommate, the Aces, I know you guys have a, have a great relationship with them. And looking at what's happening with minor league baseball, it's looking like they're in serious jeopardy of, of losing their season. That would mean for you not having to flip the field – from a baseball field to to a soccer field between games, I mean, what what sort of impact would that have on you guys?
2: Yeah, um, I certainly hope it doesn't happen. Um, you know, I, I've been with the organization for a few and a half years, and and was on both sides before. You know, last yep. year stepping into the new role, so I, uh, you know, the Aces are a community staple, and it would be unfortunate if, if that does mm-hmm. if, if it doesn't go in the right direction. Um, I, it's funny, you know, in regards to the question, it, it brings a whole new set of challenges. Yeah, uh, because we actually uh, have have typically not let the grass that we place down on the infield dirt mm-hmm. sit for much longer than we'll call it a month and a half. Oh well. Wow. So yep. you know, the question would be, do you rip it up um, at that point? Uh, certainly, there's a cost to that bringing in new grass on mm-hmm. a lot of square footage that um, and a lot of money that it does cost to to do that the right way. So um you know it just bring a new set of challenges and, and you you know in this in this industry uh i've got a lot of people uh, around me that are experts so yep. I, I will rely on the multiple folks in team team grounds crew on recommending what what's what that's going to look like but sure. but yeah i mean how you know how early do you lay it before the season um you know with with the hot weather potentially during the summer you know, we're going to want to train on it because we might have the flexibility to train on it a little bit more than we did during baseball season. But right. how much does that beat it up? How much water does it need? Like there, there are a lot of different moving parts for sure. Even with the <laughs> flexibility of having an open yeah. field.
0: Yeah. You would think, I mean, I, I thought that'd be, you know, it's like you have a roommate and now you get department to yourself. Like, oh, this is great. <laughs> a little bit more room in here, but it makes sense. I mean, it's all, it's a whole new can of worms. Um, so if we get a little bit more tactical here, um, you know, the announcement was just made last Thursday and maybe this is an Ian question, but w- what does the timeline kind of look like in terms of, uh, getting the players back and when are you guys hoping to start practicing?
2: Yeah. So we actually, um, so the USL has taken their training protocols via phases, we'll call it. So the first phase was groups of four or less, meaning that the groups had to enter and exit at separate times. They are social distance, so they trained um, within that group of four, but all players must be six feet away, and it is non-contact. So that first phase was actually run in the last couple weeks, and on Friday they announced that today um, phase two would be enacted, meaning that uh, it's now groups of ten or less, uh, and still non-contact, still social distance, but um, we are now at the point where the next phase would be full squad trainings, So I would say we have all but uh, a handful of guys back in market and they did train uh, this morning at the stadium. So, you know, they they look good. Everyone was in their own situation, whether they're in market or if they were out of market for various reasons. Mm -hmm. And uh, for the most part, everybody was uh, looking the same as as when they uh, departed, you know, due to the suspension Uh, and for some better. Um, you know, via the beep test and some, some various other tests that we've run. So, uh, we expect the rest of, yeah, we expect the rest of the guys (laughs) to come back over the next week or so. Um, and, uh, we'll go from there. So we do need to get the full squad trainings uh, soon. So there is a minimum 23 day lead up, Mm -hmm. um, that full squad trainings need to take place in order to, for every team in the league in order to play a regular season game. Meaning that if July 11th is the first game, then, uh, June 18th 18th would be the full squad. So we've got work to do on that front. Sure.
0: Um, you, you kind of hit on this earlier. It's something I've, I've been saying, uh, for a couple, about a month now, you know, the return to play, whether it be a sport or return to the office for work or whatever it may be, is really going to be a test of risk tolerance operating during a global pandemic and it's just, it seems unlikely that the USL or anyone is going to be able to return and have no confirmed cases that no one's going to test positive, no players, no coaches. And I'm sure this is one of the things that you guys are talking about internally, but have you had, have you had a chance to have conversations about what protocol is going to look like is, you know, what if a player tests positive, maybe a confirmed case and like what that looks like? Are you guys talking about those things yet?
2: We have, it's a headache. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, yeah, Um, I mean, it's, uh, so, so fortunately, we actually, um, our club is one of five in the mm-hmm. USL to uh, sit on the, the COVID-19 task force, okay. which basically is the task force that is responsible for um, putting together all of the recommendations and guidelines uh, that would be um, sent to the USL for approval. Mm-hmm. So it's been really neat to obviously be at the forefront of that, sure. be included in that and uh, it's turned into, I don't know, roughly a 30-ish page document or so at this point yeah. um, in every moving part that exists. Obviously, testing is one of those. So here's the thing with testing. So it seems like um, what's, what's agreed on is that there will be testing once a week, mm-hmm. and despite doctors telling us that testing asymptomatic folks really isn't uh, worth it because there's a greater chance for Um, False positives, about 20% potentially, is uh, a real thing. Now, that being said, if you kind of throw that out and, you know, false positives aren't a thing, there are um, issues to be worked out, such as if you are on a road trip, for example, and you, on Saturday, we are in Portland. And, um, you know, we had a player, everyone tested, we're good to go. We played that game. But on Monday um, or Tuesday of that week
0: Mm -hmm.
2: that, you know, we had a player start exhibiting symptoms. Now we potentially could have been taking a bus ride, a short trip to Tacoma to play on Wednesday, If we were in Portland on on Saturday and then Tacoma on on Wednesday, how let alone internally, but externally within the opposing team who you played on Saturday, Mm -hmm. Portland in this example, do you define who had prolonged close contact with that player? And, you know, is it in the 18 yard box on a, you know, on a free kick that's lofted in, is it just body to body contact? So it seems like there would be a, a, a USL crew that would actually review film and uh, take a look at those folks and monitor them closely but not sure. necessarily quarantine until they started to exhibit, exhibit symptoms. Now, everything else in terms of internally, if it was one of our players, yeah. then um, everything that we're supposed to be doing. So, you know, as, as guys are in a locker room and they're supposed to be for, you know, 15 minutes watching film, but they're supposed to be spread out, right? Six feet apart. So, you know, we're, we're taking two buses, for example, to road trips. So everything that know. you should be doing, you know, the bus has to stop and ventilate after X amount of time. Um, that one player, if it is one player, for example, should not derail the entire team. Right. Um, however, there could be issues where that one player does derail three, maybe, if, you know, more become symptomatic. And, uh, you know, that's pretty much getting four red cards. Um, wow. I'd say
0: from a yeah. roster management perspective, that could ch- cause some real challenges.
2: There, there will be, I think that, you know, we haven't even dove completely into the competition side of things. Yeah. Yeah. There are competition issues, um, within what may happen. Uh, if a got, you know, if, if a team's got to <laughs> play four guys from their bench and who knows how deep their bench is in the first place, right? For example, yeah. um, you know, there's a, a requirement that we have to have that is allowed to be active for a game but we only have, you know, 23 signed guys. It's actually not a lot. Um, We're Mm -hmm. actually one of the lower um, number of signings because of our relationship with the San Jose Earthquakes because typically the Quakes send us players, but that also might be up in the air because MLS is going to, it looks like, Orlando um, for a length of time. So they might bring a larger roster because of the amount of time that they're spending in Orlando and the amount of guys they have to play. So (laughs) challenges. for
0: sure <laughs> sounds like a lot of fun uh let, let's pretend that coronavirus isn't a thing as we kind of wrap this up here and we'll talk about obviously when you guys li- leading up to the you know july, le- july 11th hopefully to the season restart the season i should say you guys are one oh now, first place um you know w- what would be some some key storylines for people who have been are so far removed from the season they're trying to pick it back up you know what are a couple of things you recommend people follow here
2: I mean, listen, this is a club that's been a winning club, first off. And there's an expectation to win Mm -hmm. um, along with development. But part of development is winning. That's a mindset that we have. We have, you know, the most amount of wins or tied for the most amount of wins in USL history over the course of a three-year span to start a franchise. Um, So we look to continue that, obviously, no matter the length of the season. Um, From there, this has always been a club that's that's offensive, high-powered. And it'll Mm -hmm. continue to be. So Corey Herzog returns from last year. Corey led the team in scoring last year um, and is looking to have another great year. Obviously, he's he's in fantastic shape and looks really good even coming back here. Um, And then one of the two key additions, uh, Foster Langsdorf, who actually is a former Portland guy. He uh, is a goal scorer. He's a go-getter. And uh, he'll put some balls in the back of the net. And Cristiano Francois was probably one of the more high-profile signings that we've had in our club's history. Cristiano was with Ottawa in the past. Ottawa's no longer a club in the league.
0: Mm-hmm. And
2: uh, he'll play on the wing, so you'll see him get up and down quickly. Um, his nickname is Cheetah. So he, uh, he flies. He is really, really fun to watch. And then, of course, from an atmosphere standpoint, we'll see how the social distancing affects yeah. things. But if it's uh, no coronavirus, then – the you know the supporter groups that we have are fantastic the drumming and the noise and the chanting that won't stop even if there is social distancing it'll just be maybe a, a little bit more spread out
0: yeah <laughs> no question uh Doug, great stuff from you uh really appreciate making time to come on best of luck navigating all this because the, the work is just starting it sounds like we appreciate you coming on
2: yeah thanks thanks i really appreciate it oh! Love how
0: insightful Doug was. Some really good stuff from him about the hurdles that his league still has to clear to return to play. Some interesting stuff about what it means maybe having greater Nevada field to themselves. Not having any roommates if the minor league baseball season uh, is, in fact, canceled. So we'll be following that uh, closely as they hopefully unveil the schedule. One of the things they got to figure out relatively soon and get a sense of who they're playing, if they're playing July 11, I did say Reno was in first place at 1-0-0. I believe they're in second place. Don't quote me on this, but I believe someone played two games or two matches and has four points at a first, win and a draw on there. First place in our hearts. <laughs> That's right. couple quick reads for you before we start running some slants. This week's show brought to you by Silver and Blue Outfitters, your source for Nevada apparel, locally owned and operated. They are constantly releasing new Nevada apparel. The campus location is open. The Meadowood Mall location opens on Friday. If you don't like ordering online, you don't have to pay for shipping or wait for it to show up, you can go straight to the source. Campus location open. Meadowood Mall location opens Friday. But if you do want to shop online, silverandblueoutfitters.com. Pick up your new Nevada apparel for the season today, not only on silverblueoutfitters.com, but also at the campus location now, Meadowood Mall location on Friday. This week's show also brought to you by Tipsy Elves, one of the most successful Shark Tank stories ever. They want to suit you up for life's biggest moments, life's most fun moments, life's most memorable moments. And for me, a lot of those memorable moments, or not as memorable, have been up at Tahoe on the 4th and their 4th of July line is now available. They got some awesome stuff there. Shirts, shorts, tanks, hats, glasses, socks, fanny packs, you name it. You need to get suited up for Tahoe on the 4th. Are they going to open the beaches? Are they going to close the beaches? I thought the, the beaches were I thought they were open already. There there well there's we're seeing snapchats and Instagram stories of people who are at the beaches. My guess would be they're going to close them for the 4th actually. Yeah, the state I would assume like the state ones. You can find your private private beach. Rock, rock your Tipsy Elves. Uh, you can pick it up at tipsyelves.com today. And when you do exclusively for you guys, make sure that you use promo code SLANT20. That's going to earn you an additional 20% off at checkout at tipsyelves.com. And unintended benefit of that, when you do that, we can go back to Nick in a year and say, hey, look how much people bought this stuff. Look how many people were listening to your read on our show. You should come back on for another year. You didn't hear that from us, though. Didn't hear it from us. We'll run some slants here, as always. We'll start with weekend plans. I shouldn't say as always, just in the middle of a global pandemic. it's what we've been doing. <laughs> what are you up to this weekend?
1: Well, first things first, my weekend started last night. I was at a bar in public
0: last night. You're what's wrong with this country, dude. You don't even care.
1: I was socially distancing <laughs> safely. Uh, I actually had a buddy who was moving back to Wisconsin, so a couple of a couple of us went out and kind of wished him wished him well. Sure. Say good luck with that thirty hour drive in a Penske truck back to Wisconsin. Um, but my weekend plans. Let's see. So Sunday, our plan is that we're gonna go to Isidore, and I are gonna go to Fort Desoto Dog Beach Dog Beach Park. There it is. My lord, Uh, it's just south of St. Petersburg, but apparently, dog friendly beach, supposed to be a cool place. Um, So, we're going to make the probably hour and a half trek to get out there, but that should be fun. Um, Other than that, it's going to be a lot of just trying to figure out anything to occupy my time to get me off the couch and not be focused on Netflix. I've been on a real. Or Hulu I've been ripping through always sunny I've yeah can't I cannot control myself once I find a show I just drop everything else I'm doing and right now it's always sunny um and other than that Isadora like we might maybe I think on Saturday Tyson's got another play date uh wow (laughs) I can surprise them one of those now
0: how long how long until you
1: start the Tyson Instagram page uh Tyson Instagram page let me ask Isadora Isadora what do you think she just laughs, um, so probably not too long that Tyson's going to have an Instagram page. Uh, but yeah, that's basically our weekend now revolves around him. And that is my life. Yeah,
0: yep. we haven't talked about. So I'm assuming you finished Ozark. I
1: did finish the Ozark. What
0: would you think of the ending? Now
1: I'm trying to remember the ending because I was stuck on Always Sunny. How did it end? And I can tell you it'll all come rushing back to me. Give me it. I'm me trying a, to I'm trying to remember her name, Helen. Oh, it's the yes. bullet in a very now,
0: literal way out of nowhere.
1: My lord, holy moly. Now it's all coming back to me. I, t- when so Isadora took a big break from the show, like she was watching the show with me, it got a little too dark for her. She doesn't really like the whole drug scene, people That's how dying. We, too, we had to pump the
0: brakes a couple times.
1: Yes. Yeah, so, so full, full respect to her decision, but I said, I march forward. I will continue this the good fight. Um, But she actually joined in for the last couple episodes. I think last three or four ish episodes. I'm pretty sure. But at the start of the last episode, we both asked each other. We said, "What's gonna happen? Like, who's gonna who's gonna die or whatever?" And I said, "Helen will die in this." You called that, huh? I flipping called it, but I did not see that happening when it did because, like, we were both like just like, "What the?" As soon as she just got just popped, insane ending.
0: Um, but man, that show's good. Yeah. You knew something wild was going to happen at the very end, just from Mm -hmm. noticing how much time was left and it was building up to something. It was the end of a season. So you knew something wild was going to happen. Yeah. That was, I was not anticipating that at all.
1: Well, it was setting up to be like that. uh, Marty
0: was going to be the one. Yeah. That Marty, she was negotiating a plea deal for him. So I was like, they can't kill him. They're negotiating a plea deal for him.
1: Yeah. It it was just, I don't know. Yeah, that 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 just threw us, threw us for a loop, but insane ending.
0: Yeah. My weekend plans, I am fired up for this. Tara is going to Huntington Beach this weekend with a couple friends. And I am going to go full nerd on Friday night. I am bringing my Xbox and my 32-inch TV. Over to my buddy's house. Oh, as my. As another oh one of our Oh, my. Friends. And we're all dropping dropping in the same room. We're going to have all the TVs set up. We're probably going to play all night. I I cannot wait.
1: You guys are probably going to be getting on chat roulette. You're going to be <laughs> you're gonna be asking people the refrigerators are running. You're going to be asking who's your, who's your crush.
0: We keep joking. This is going to be like a, a middle school sleepover. Uh, my buddy's girlfriend already said she'll bring us nachos. Oh my gosh! And is she gonna be? Is she gonna be in the house? She's gonna be in the house. We so we thought about doing it at our place because Tara is gonna mm-hmm. be gone. It came yeah. down to an internet speed thing. We can't have oh, internet speed being an issue. It's true. And, and he it has a true. much. He has the, like the business package plan or whatever. And we yeah. said we're not gonna risk it. We'll go. We'll go over to your place. Man, you guys are gonna be like. Get, she's gonna be acting like the
1: parent, like. Do I need to get you guys to be quiet? And it's going to be like four in the morning. You guys are just going to be screaming. That is exactly what's going to happen. It's <laughs> <That's> exactly <laughs> what's going to happen. Sometimes things change and sometimes they stay the same. <laughs> the more they change, the more they stay the
0: same. And then on Sunday, obviously with PGA golf coming back, I don't know how much of it I'll watch on Saturday. But I guess I'll probably be pretty tired on Saturday after dropping in with the boys literally all night just chasing dubs. The Charles Schwab Invitational. Eight of the top ten players in the world. No tiger at this thing. It's on the Golf Channel Thursday and Friday. It's on CBS Saturday and Sunday. Feels a little bit like Games of the Weekend here. Looking forward to a Sunday afternoon nap with golf on the TV. That's that's on the docket for mm. sure. Social? That was not a good segue. I tried to think of something creative to say. Didn't work got a handful of questions from you guys. So thank you to all of you who asked questions (laughs) this week. We'll start on Twitter. Question comes from envy wolf. If football starts in the fall, will tailgating be affected due to social distancing or even allowed? Football will start in the fall. Tailgating will not be allowed. That's a prediction. I don't have any inside knowledge on that. I ordered a, pre-ordered Phil Steele's Mac preview on Tuesday, yesterday. And that made me really feel like this is happening. This is real. I think it goes out in the mail on July 20th. And I cannot wait to get into that thing. My guess, complete guess is they're going to allow about 7,000 people at Mackey, which is close to 25% capacity. And, Obviously, they can't shut tailgating down in its entirety. You can certainly find a spot to go tailgate, but tailgating on campus and parking lots or wherever else you may be, they're either going to shut that down or they're going to limit it greatly. Would be my guess. And who knows where this thing is in September? Mm-hmm. Always, always part of it. John Mackey asked, of course, multi-parter: How many athletes athletes have to test positive for COVID? Adam, for this pilot program to be considered a failure. The pilot program is a select number of athletes. I believe it's 30. They have back on campus going through workouts to get a sense of how this is going to work before they bring more athletes back. Seeing a lot of this uh, around the country, there are a lot of reports we're seeing about athletes testing positive. Alabama football had five players test positive. I'm yet to read a story. I'm not looking super hard, but whenever it pops up, they're all asymptomatic. Mm-hmm. Meaning, if they're bringing them back to campus and they're getting tested and they're finding out that they're positive, isn't that a good thing? They weren't getting tested when they were away from campus. And especially now that this news from WHO, World Health Organization, that it is the word they use was, or phrase they use was very unlikely that asymptomatic carriers can spread the disease. Now, they kind of walked that back a little bit yesterday, I guess, and it's somewhere between 16 and 40% is their estimation of asymptomatic carriers who, who are contagious. I would say it's a good thing if they're bringing athletes back and they're testing positive. They get more certainty over who has it, who doesn't, and it's taking care of the athletes. Or their safety is important, right? and there, some of them are getting taken care of better on campus than they would be in their other wherever else that they may be. So I say that's a positive, and if there's a certain percentage of all athletes who are coming back and testing positive, what does that mean about how many positive cases are out there that we still do not know about? You're smiling at
1: me. I was going to say that take, it could be taken out of context very easily. Uh, <laughs> what you just said when you're like, I'd say players returning back to campus and testing positive is a good thing. Yeah.
0: Take that by itself. I'll I'll die on that hill. It's better than them being at home, doing whatever, being positive and not knowing about it. Mm.
1: <laughs> the Reno slant full great COVID takes. All right. That was that was my two cents on that. I
0: don't even think that's that controversial. <laughs> that testing positive is a, a good thing. No, that te- actually getting the test and finding out they're positive. Obviously, you'd rather be negative, but
1: you'd rather know they have it. Yeah, no, I, I get it in the grand scheme. I'm taking just that sentence. You just said having players come back and test positive is a good thing. I'm saying nothing else. Um, you just said just that sentence and we will for sure make that
0: quote posted it out. So everybody knows what we're about out of context. Social media does best do your thing Twitter. <laughs> Second part of the question, will Brian Sandoval be the next president of the University of Nevada? We talked about this when the news first came out. This was like right when coronavirus what was happening. It makes a ton of sense, Brian Sandoval, in this role, uh, role. A couple questions. Did he apply for this job because he really wants it? Or did he apply for it out of necessity because he was at MGM, which just laid a ton of people off? including upper management, and his role might have been on the way out. He wasn't there that long. A couple things to consider. I don't know how relevant it is for whether he's going to get the job or not. Uh, you know, Just looking at pros and cons, he lacks an academic background. Obviously, he has uh, some connections politically in the state, and he can certainly fundraise. And for anyone right now, especially during and as we come out of a global pandemic, whenever that is, being able to raise funds is going to be a really important part of this. And he knows how to delegate. He was the governor of our country, you, or of our country, of our state. There it is. You're there gonna, it is. Nice. <laughs> you're going to have to delegate some things. And maybe you can delegate some of the academic. I don't pretend to know what goes into being a university president of a school like Nevada. I think it would make sense. I'm not the one making decisions. And there are a lot of things happening right now that don't make sense. Take care for what it's worth. What do you think, Adam?
1: I think uh, his recent. Resume having the governor of the United States on it. I think he just, you know, mm. he's really going to know what to do.
0: Yeah, it was a good one. I gave him a promotion
1: and created a new role. Thank Brian, you know, Brian Sandoval, come on down,
0: da- come on down, we'll take you. Trying to get Brian on the on the podcast. Are you saying you're not? I think I reached out to him once a while ago. Tried to reach out to his office. You so need to try again.
1: So you're still hurt.
0: I'm a little upset.
1: There it is. Okay.
0: I just want to get to the root of what was causing the pain. <laughs> Fake Matt Mummy asks, if you were a stripper in Southern Nevada, what would be your main song to perform to? My problem with this question is it assumes that I'm not a stripper in Southern Nevada. If you were a stripper. And we danced to one song and one song only. Lady Hump, Black Eye Peas. <laughs> there it is. I was wondering where you're going to go with that. <laughs> what you gonna do with all this? I actually watched the, the Blades of Glory clip
1: man classic <laughs> Will Ferrell back in his prime man. we're gonna
0: skate to one song and one song only uh, Miles asks what's your Mount, what's your guys Mount Rushmore of Reno summer events this is a good question we kind of addressed this a little bit last summer, but we do need to rediscuss it mm-hmm. obviously with an asterisk a little bit over which of these events are gonna be able to happen most of them Will not, what would you, what would you put on your mountain Rushmore? I put three.
1: Yeah, I had, it's not like a specific event, but like 4th of July at Tahoe was my favorite. Yep. I had the Reno rodeo, more specifically Jack tent yep. number two and then three. This one, I've only, I did it once or twice, but I always had a good time when I went down. There it was hot August nights.
0: Mm. Kind of a wild card. You only went to it once, but you're putting it on your Mount Rushmore Reno summer events. Because I had a good time. I went to it. It wasn't one that I went when
1: I was like 19. It was one that I went when I was like my last two or three summers left in Reno. So like I couldn't couldn't continue. In case you didn't know, I, li- I live in Florida now. Okay.
0: No. Good. Important to know. Breaking news there from Adam. I put, I mean, I don't know if it's an order or not. You left this off with this, which to me is an egregious whiff. Not mm. in the country. Mm. You can make a strong case that that's the social summer event in Reno. The social summer event. Once you've hit your max
1: capacity, then that thing is off your radar.
0: If we were to go back, if I were to go back, I've talked about this before, it would need to be in an RV. Have I to be would, in an RV. I'd never set foot back there ever again.
1: You would done never my, go back again. I've done my time. Unless that RV full on air conditioning, cold water, cold water all yeah. weekend, um, VIP passes, meet and greets, um, RV is right in front of the station. No, it would take it would take it would take a, it would take a lot. It would take a lot to get me to go back for sure.
0: Nine in the country says, "Hey Nathan and Adam, we want you guys to come run around Nine in the Country, post Instagram stories for a weekend." You're saying no. I'm saying give me a loaded
1: RV with cold water for the entire weekend or I send it back or I send it back.
0: <laughs> the dressing comes on the side or I send it back. <laughs> uh, after Night in the Country, I did 4th of July at Tahoe also. This one is a, similar to Night in the Country in that you do it and then it gets a little bit tiresome. Zephyr was something I outgrew Bro. quickly. I mean, you got You got to do it but getting up at three in the morning to get there at five, it's still freezing. There's nowhere to park. You're waiting in line. Then you get to the beach. The sand is freezing. It's just, it's a whole thing. And then it gets to about 11 and it's a complete zoo. Mm-hmm. Complete zoo. That,
1: that that morning of that is where you really find out who has patience and who doesn't.
0: Yep. That is where you find that out. Yep. What do you like You don't have to do Zephyr, obviously. And I don't even know I'd recommend it anymore. That is a college 22 to 23-year-old crowd. And that's about topping it out. Uh, rodeo is number three for me. So you you had rodeo as well. Jack Tent, yes. Also a little bit of how often or how regularly can you do this? Yeah. I think if I was still in Reno, I'd probably be a rodeo Jack Tent one-night guy. That first Saturday night, probably be... You, yeah. You wouldn't close
1: it. You wouldn't close it down the final weekend.
0: <sighs> yeah, you, you get a you get a week to to buffer. Yeah, get it back together. Maybe maybe the first Friday and the last Saturday. Yeah, you, you turn the you turn the page. You forget the pain. You'll deal with that <laughs> pain on Sunday. Leaving off that do deserve honorable mention: rib cook cookoff, uh, American Century Championship, celebrity golf tournament, barracuda, and hot air balloon races. Few that we. Did not mention there. Over on Instagram, Fake Matt Mummy. He always gets in his, his two questions. Great to see live boxing again in southern Nevada. How come the Nevada Athletic Commission required the trainers to wear masks in the corners, but not the ref in the ring? How much of boxing did you watch when it was on? Because I don't even know. I, I actually watched boxing last
1: night. There was some amateur thing, I think it was at the MGM when I was at the when I was at the bar with my buddies, they had boxing on. Um, but yeah, that's how it was, was they had pretty much every, the ref didn't have any mask on. Um, I don't know. It's like you got two guys who are getting, I understand the wanting to limit contact. You got two guys who are literally touching each other for this entire thing. The same with the UFC. I don't think that ma- those refs had masks on. So I don't I don't understand the logic, but um, it's live sports. So I don't ask questions that can get rid of it.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to pretend like I'm well-versed in boxing or that I follow it much. I did not watch any of the fights. I did see something on Twitter. One of the guys is wearing a Tom Brady jersey and Tom Brady or Patriot shorts or something.
1: Yep, yep. We, that, we, and, that, and that dude knocked the other dude out.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah I was going to say the same thing. We're seeing something similar in UFC as well where the ref isn't wearing a mask, Buffer isn't wearing a mask. People in the corner, some are wearing a mask, some are not. Who knows what the hell is going on right now? David asks, I'm moving back to Carson City on Thursday. What do I need to order first at Archie's? First or last? I hope you've already eaten at Archie's. (laughs) I'm somewhat controversial here. The Archie's Giant Cheeseburger does it for me. The fries and you have to go to the ranch. We've talked about this. Archie's Ranch is special. They, I don't know what they put in the ranch, but it works. Some will say you need the the, the bacon burger. It's way better. I disagree. Giant Cheeseburger, tried and true. Uh, that's that's the move. You know it works. Stick with it. You're the same. I'm guessing. Oh yeah, yeah. Last question comes from Marcus. He asked, uh, who was the better roommate in the Pumpkin, Kaylin or Marcus? This is a very personal question, so we'll be brief. The Pumpkin was the house we lived in for – I think I lived in it for a year. You were in it for two years? Yeah, roughly. I think think right around two years. The Pumpkin is off Denslow Drive right next to campus. So If you are at Valley Market, the OG, and you're driving west towards campus, it's on the left. It's an orange house. We got really creative. We call it the Pumpkin. Marcus was always broke. He squawked. He was loud and we had to hide booze from him. That's squawked. what Marcus, that was, that's what Marcus was like as a roommate, but he was always down for whatever. And you need one of those in the squad. Marcus mm-hmm. she down to this, down to that. Always a yes for Marcus. Kaylin would always drive us places. She was responsible and she would join us in making fun of Marcus. True cons. She's a girl and girls are icky con. Also, she brought a
1: rabbit into the house. She did bring a pl- rabbit into the house and placed it right outside my room and left it there. And I hated that thing. I forgot about the rabbit. <laughs> <laughs> what happened to that thing? I have no idea, but it was like all of a sudden, you know, oh God, now people Pete, were coming. He pe- coming for us. Yeah. People were coming in and out of that house. And next thing you know, there was a rabbit and it was flicking its shit all over the place. And
0: <laughs> <laughs> I just, uh, I buckled on that. <laughs> we, we love you both equally, but we loved Kaylin more as a roommate. Second that. The rabbit changed things, though. I totally
1: forgot about the rabbit. Oh, the rabbit I was not happy about. But I also was not happy about Marcus tiptoeing around the house at 730 every morning to tell everybody about how he had no idea what had happened and then tended to recite everything that had happened. Everything that happened. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) We'll get out here with random Reno. What would you dig up this week? All right. The Grand Army of the Republic Memorial Tree was planted on June 10th. 1913 in Reno, Nevada. Nevada State Parks dedicated the state historical marker 81 to this tree on October 18th, 1969. Nice. And the tree is located near the south entrance of the University of Nevada campus. No question. Incorporated with that. Random trees, you know, you've been wheeling and dealing with me with how many different types of trees there are. I just wanted to stay in my zone. I didn't want to get out of my comfort. I just wanted to, you know, I wanted it nice and nice and quick.
0: All right. Uh everyone knows Reno 911 was filmed in Reno or was not filmed in Reno. Excuse there me. There we go. I actually quoted Reno 911 this past weekend. It said just goofing. New boot goofing. New boot goo. Genuine ostrich. <laughs> Three payments. <laughs> it was not filmed in Reno. Where was it filmed? I'm going to guess Los Angeles. Yeah, it was LA, but more t- more specifically in Carson. Oh, so there Los Angeles, yeah, LA. <laughs> Jesus,
1: what? I was say. Speaking of which, crossover stuff. Always Sunny. They had an episode where they are they feature the office building, and that threw me for a loop. Mm. That's that is an ambitious crossover. That's random Los Angeles,
0: random Reno, random LA. And that is our show this week. Thank you to all of you who continue to listen to this podcast so you can stay current on everything Nevada. Thank you to Reno 1868 FC General Manager Doug Raftery for coming on. Thank you to our partners at Tipsy Elves, at Archie's, Silver and Blue Outfitters, and Toyabe Golf Club. If you are not already, please subscribe to this podcast and follow us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. You can find us at The Reno Slant. You can check us out online at TheRenoSlant.com. We'll be back next week, same time, same place. Have a great, great weekend, you guys. Go Pack.
1: Thanks for listening to this episode of The Reno Slant, the weekly Nevada sports podcast. Until next week.
2: And we're still not talking about that one basketball coach who's not here anymore.